Welcome to Say What, a fresh look at old sayings, the podcast which explores the origins, meaning, and value of old sayings, familiar expressions, and adages. I am Dave Ellingson, adventurer, author, educator, and seeker of wisdom. What follows is the first of three episodes. It is Holy Week for Christians, Passover for Jews, and it is another pandemic week for the entire world. A common theme runs through this week, life and death. Rather than one episode, I have decided to share three shorter reflections on life and death. The first is entitled, Good Grief. The second is, Aging Gracefully. And the third is, Letting Go. While each stands on its own, I encourage you to listen to these episodes in sequence as they build upon each other. So, Life and Death. Episode 1. Let's look at good grief. What comes to mind when I hear this phrase is our friend Charlie Brown from the Peanuts comic strip, with his hands on his head, shouting or sometimes sighing and saying, good grief, as he encounters the various exasperating life experiences in his relationship with Lucy and Snoopy, Pigpen and Peppermint Patty, and the Peanuts universe. We're really all Charlie Browns as we face life's complexities, challenges, and even cosmic absurdity. The ultimate challenge in life, however, is death. One of my first teachers about life and death was Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, whose book on death and dying was a bestseller and changed the way we view the D word. The good doctor describes five death and dying stages. First is bargaining. When you don't believe the prognosis, this can't really be happening to me. Second is anger. No, it's not fair this is happening to me. Third is bargaining. If this is happening to me, can I just have a little more time? Fourth is depression. This is happening and I feel awful. And fifth is acceptance. It's happening to me, therefore I will... And you fill in the blank with your own personal response. These stages, while sometimes progressing sequentially, often move back and forth over time. When I first read Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's Stages of Death and Dying, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, they seemed to make sense. But for a 20-something, they were abstract truth at best. Similarly, Fritz Becker's astute observation in his landmark book, The Denial of Death, that we live in a society which masks our mortality with multi-million dollar industries in cosmetics, surgical procedures, and funeral practices. This instinct to deny and block out death gave me a brief pause in my busy flight from my own mortality. 
but I was a young man, so I filed away this wisdom on my bookshelf. All that has changed. As I begin my seventh decade, death is no longer a distant relative, but a next-door neighbor. During our coronavirus pandemic, I feel like I'm now peering across the backyard fence. In fact, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and Fritz Becker have come through the gate, and we're having an important conversation. Another life lesson from my six-plus decades in the school of life is the truth often resides in threes. What follows is a trio of reflections. Let's begin with good grief. While the deaths of my grandparents and older relatives certainly made an impact, the death of my parents brought death home with full force. As mom and dad aged and experienced loss, I vicariously joined them on their march toward the end. As they grew older, I found myself wondering, how would I handle this process for myself? Alongside my personal anxieties, I experienced anticipatory grief and a sadness well before they passed. I wondered what would life be like without these two special people. I even imagined scenarios without mom sharing her favorite poetry and Swedish meatballs and dad's financial wizardry and gardening genius. I found myself grieving for a good number of years because they lived long lives. Back in the Kubler-Ross and Becker days, I also read a book by Granger Westberg entitled Good Grief. Westberg uses gentle wisdom and acute insight into human nature to guide readers through 10 stages of grief, shock, emotion, depression, physical distress, panic, guilt, anger, resistance, hope, and finally, acceptance. Recognizing that grief is complex and deeply personal, he defines no right way to grieve, but rather offers valuable insights on the emotional and physical responses we may experience during this natural process of grieving, whether mourning the death of a loved one, the end of a marriage, the loss of a job, or other difficult life changes. This wonderful little book helped me as I counseled others in their time of grief but now his wisdom became personal when he emphasized in this poignant phrase, the depth of your grief is in proportion to the depth of the love you shared. I had loved and been loved by my parents deeply, and their deaths left a big hole in my life. As I paid attention to Dr. Westberg's counsel, my own grief before, during, and after my parents' death slowly became good grief. In recent years, death has come calling in significant ways as peers and friends have died. 
One particular loss captures the feelings I've experienced and what good grief may be all about. When I received news that a close friend from my college days had died, I was saddened, but not surprised as he had experienced health issues for a number of years. That evening, I was listening to one of my Pandora music stations featuring the music of pianist Bill Evans. As the song unfolded, a crescendo of emotions took possession of me. I felt a shortness of breath. My gut tightened. A lump formed in my throat, and tears began to cascade down my cheeks. What was going on? My friend, who had introduced me to jazz through playing the music of Bill Evans, had died. And this lovely music brought his spirit and a flood of memories back to me in a way that forced me to turn off the music and go for a long walk. The depth of your grief is in proportion to the depth of the love you shared. Several weeks passed before I could listen to this music as I went through Granger-Westberg's stages and finally arrived at acceptance. Strong feelings still stir, but new notes have been added to my personal score, bringing a richer harmony to my life song. The music of Bill Evans was an elegant yet excruciating elegy, and it brought to life the bittersweet experience, which is good grief. Here are a couple of good grief tips for your journey. Number one, don't ignore your grief. Grief is real and is the body, mind, spirit healing after loss. Share your grief with trusted family and friends. And grieving takes time. Number two, support others in their grief work. Be available, pay attention, and listen. Don't try to fix. Be patiently compassionate. In this Holy Week, Passover time, and pandemic, this time of life and death, may you find peace and hope in good grief. Until next time, I'm Dave Ellingson, and this has been Say What? A Fresh Look at Old Sayings, the podcast which explores the origin, meaning, and value of old sayings, familiar expressions, and adages. Tune in to Say What? on your mobile device, computer, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And thanks for listening.